0: RPG Lessons Learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, LL Podcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at rpglessonslearned.com. Hi, welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. With me and back again after quite a ways away is Brian.
1: Hey, my H V A C works now. 70, 71 degrees is much cooler than I remember it being, and uh, I am on day five of a 10-day round of antibiotic, so I am here.
0: The realities of parenting, nothing like just a house full of germs. It sucks. It, you know, it does.
1: A hot house of germs. It's horrible, and it happened when the hurricane came through, so it was like triply worse.
0: Yeah, I say Ugh. and Mike, but Mike, Mike chimed in, so Mike's here as well. The Hello? three of us, the three musketeers, the three amigos, I prefer that. Analogy back together, back recording.
1: Am I d'Artagnan?
0: Um, in the Three Amigos, oh, I Three Amigos. I'm, I'm the Three Musketeers. I think Mike's definitely Chevy Chase. Only Mike has the charisma uh, to I'm be Martin Chevy Short.
1: Chase. I'm Martin Short.
0: You think that wow, makes me that, Steve Martin?
2: That a lot. That means a lot to me. I'm Chevy Chase. Wow.
0: You are definitely Chevy Chase.
2: Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Chevy I'll, Chase is the only one without still an active I wanna, career. I want to be El Guapo. <laughs> El, Guapo.
0: <laughs> El Guapo. I forgot about El Guapo. El Guapo, literally the handsome
2: it's a plethora
0: <laughs> I've got to rewatch that movie uh, what an no, amazing don't. adaptation of the Magnificent Seven
2: anyway what, was it? I don't it, think I ever realized that
0: I mean it's the exact same story bandits you know marauding a town and heroes from the outside coming to save them yeah pretty much
2: That that's a great point okay now I have to rewatch it again with okay. that in mind so, I have it on blu-ray
0: three amigos aside you have it on blu-ray yeah oh that's awesome i was gonna start the show but i'm right back into that now we are gonna have to do a movie night brian i'm inviting awesome. myself over to your house do it i would love that for your projector
1: we'll do it outside with the projector yeah
0: sweet all right so those of you at home you now know that we love chevy chase movies so today we're talking about i'm actually really excited about this i mean
1: i have i have the magnificent seven on blu-ray not never mind not Three Amigos? Not Three Amigos, no. Oh. 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 No, oh. I'm I'll, 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 I'll fix that right now. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike and I have a history of accidentally making Brian buy stuff, podcast equipment included, and now evidently the Three Amigos.
1: It, it's um, an even longer history. I, I got his way back. And by, by the way, it's $8 on Amazon, so I just bought it. Uh, plus, um, I did get a new mic processor today.
0: <laughs> nice. Sweet. Another one, yeah sweet mike needs nothing if not a lot of processing yeah so i'm really excited about today's show it's an older session but it checks out um it's an older session that we played using the chaosium basic role-playing d100 system and even though i'm excited it was kind of a of of a crappy session so we're talking about right out of the basic role-playing quick start the lost temple of garthun it was a It's a generic fantasy adventure with generic fantasy pre-generated characters in the generic D100 system. So as you might imagine, we had a pretty generic time. So right out of the gate, quick impressions. Um, We're gonna do scores one to 10, I'll start. I'm actually gonna give this session a four. I did some prep work, I did a map, I converted the character sheets to words so I could print them. And you weren't dealing with index cards like in *The Escape from Earthport*. I did some more work on this one than I did on *Escape from Earthport*, but somehow it was just way, way less fun. It truly was generic. Um, I give it a four. And as we go on with the show, I will expand upon how that's my fault. Mike, what are your numbers and thoughts?
2: Um, I'm probably going to go a five on this, just because I do remember being excited about playing this system again. Um, but yeah, this time around, it just certainly wasn't as fun as the last time we played it, you know, the last time being the, the star Wars ripoff. And and I think, you know, kind of being in that generic fantasy setting took a lot away from it. Right. So there, there wasn't as much to engage with because the, the system is simplified and the story was simplified. It's kind of like you said before, when everything is simplified and generic, it kinda, it kinda turns into a, a simplified generic game that
1: maybe isn't too engaging. Brian, you know, just as an excuse to use the awesome like D100 die that you got us. I'm gonna go with uh, you know, six and a half.
0: Six and a half, sweet. Just on the the strength of the die, yeah. So the dice that Brian is referring to, it's not actually they they sell the 100 sided die. It's not it's not a true uh, what do you call it? It's not it's not one of Plato's perfect solids. It's actually a clear D10 with an opaque D10 inside of it. So you can just roll the one die, and the outer one are your tens, and the inner one are your ones. And we did play this game with those die. I totally, totally forgot about that. Yeah, the basic role-playing system and one of those die each was my Christmas gift to you guys one year.
1: Plus yep. the amazing uh, art on the wrapping paper that you did.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah. I'd
2: the, forgotten about that. The
0: dungeons in your name. All right. All right. So setup. So I ran this right out of the right out of the BRP Quick Start. Um, and I, here's where I'm gonna fall on my sword. I didn't make it interesting. I didn't take the scenario and add to it. I flipped to the back of this really great book. I love this book for ten bucks as a as a as a starter guide to the D100 system. I, I love it. Great little booklet. I flipped to the back. I saw these pre-made scenarios and I thought, sweet! I don't have to do any work at all. I can just hand over these character sheets and run these scenarios and that'll be really easy and i just that wasn't true i needed to do work so as we go on today's episode i'm going to ask these guys how i should have jazzed it up or how they would jazz it up if they ran this just to really underscore that this is a really basic scenario that needs jazzing up let's start with the characters so truly generic characters an elf hunter a dwarf fighter a human wizard a halfling thief does this party sound familiar
2: <laughs> absolutely
0: you know it, it's 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 lord of the rings it's
1: i, I just realized that. yeah, it,
0: yeah. It's, it's 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 basically lord of the rings um, but with
1: no aragon
0: with no aragorn yeah Aragorn, aragorn
1: aragorn however. aragorn's a dragon yeah. or something right
0: yeah it is yeah so how inspiring was this to play
1: I'm
2: gonna go with not at all, right? And I think if I remember correctly, one of the things about my wizard that fell down was he had a really high perception and I was just kinda able to perceive our way through a lot of the what were supposed to probably be fun points at the dungeon. I uh I think I also remember his his uh magic mechanics being pretty simple. It basically just like, oh it's magic, but it's just like an attack. I could be swinging a sword or using the spell, it's the exact same thing.
0: Yeah, all of your spells had a 45% chance of success. Yeah. So you may as well just keep rolling. Yep. Brian, what do you think? Super inspiring?
1: No. But I mean again, it was it was a chance to do something new. Not that the system itself was new, but it was only what the second time that we've we've played something in the system. Uh, I I'm always up for for trying something new, you know. Uh, fail or flourish. You know, it's yeah. I mean, the system's. It's, I mean, it's basic fantasy RPG, right? No, no. BRPG.
0: B-BRP. BRP. So, so basic fantasy role playing is a is basically sort of a old school feeling retro clone of a D twenty system.
1: It's basic. Is the, is the gist.
0: Basic role playing is the Chaosium D one hundred system, and that's what this is.
1: I always confuse the two, but the 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 operative word in the in the name is basic. That's that's what it is. It's super basic. Yeah. super generic. And uh, I'm okay with that.
0: So what would you have done to Jazzy's characters up?
1: So that's a good question.
2: What what options are in this system that we could take to Jazzy's characters up without breaking it?
0: Well, even step outside the system. Like just as I look at these characters and I think back, I think back to what made Lord of the Rings fun. What made Lord of the Rings fun wasn't that you had a, a, a dwarf warrior and an elf hunter or Elf Ranger, if you will, what made it fun was that they hated each other and they competed. So outside the system, I would have immediately created some kind of role to create relationships sheet and done an exercise up front that would have given you guys relationships with one another that that may or may not have been interesting.
1: You know, honestly, for me, I kind of like the idea that it's generic. It's kind of like playing Gauntlet. You know, I don't play Gauntlet whenever I play Gauntlet, which it has been a while, you know, thinking about, like, the dynamics of the characters and everything. Once in a while, it's good just to play something that doesn't, you know, require a lot of thought. And I think it probably—I'd have to be in the right mood to really enjoy this. But I I think it's entirely okay that the characters are generic and that, you know, they just have—basically have a name. Uh, In a lot of ways, a lot of the fiction that people love, I mean, like, if you look at uh, DC characters— They're, you know, they're sort of short on character, you know, high on, uh, like, you know, how epic or whatever they are, where Marvel characters are more, you know, nuanced and character driven. It's okay once in a while just to to play like a a, a basic class. I think it just, I probably hit the wrong day.
0: You think, I was was just about to ask you, like, I, I hear your premise, the gauntlet analogy is a great one, but it didn't work. It didn't work on the day. We, this was gauntlet through and through. It was generic through and through, but it didn't strike anyone well. It was just boring.
1: I don't think it was. I don't think when we played this, we were as quite um, as introspective and you know thoughtful as we are today. Even today, we we you know if we're something we're not into, we'll we'll still make fart jokes or whatever. But I think honestly, in the last two years, partly for me from doing this podcast. And from having the Pathfinder campaign, right, basically started off with, you know, with with little interest. And then I had to um, sort of build up interest over time by making the game my own. I think I'm a much different player than I was when I played this.
0: But your Pathfinder analogy there, isn't that right back to backstory? Wasn't the moment that defined that Pathfinder campaign for you? The moment when you eschewed the backstory and came up with your own?
1: Yeah, but, yeah, true. But I guess what I'm saying is my, my toolkit as a player is much broader and deeper than it was before. Uh, and I, my appreciation is much, uh, I have a much more, a much deeper appreciation. Like, uh, I was probably, going back to my life, I lived a very sheltered life until I was in my early to mid-twenties. And, you know, uh I I would say that me as a player, like my D&D 4th edition player is definitely like teenage, early 20-something Brian. And I feel like I've caught up as a player to where, you know, like middle age, nearly 40 Brian now is where I am now to have a deeper and broader appreciation for things. I think if I, you know, played this now, I think I would probably, I think I could get more enjoyment from it. Or if not, if not, I could critique it better and give better critical analysis than than I could, you know, putting myself back when I actually played this. What two and a half years ago?
0: Uh, not quite that long. Maybe maybe a year and a half ago. Two years ago.
2: I, I I'm gonna say I think part of the reason we flopped on this, right, is that we we didn't engage with these characters in a meaningful way, right? We were only playing it as gauntlet. We we have our best sessions when you know we 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 embrace that character and we start to assign you know uh, characteristics for lack of a better word uh to that character and and we 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 start to amp up the role play a little bit and i think back to uh, to this session and that's the one thing i'm thinking that i can't think of is is that single good moment where we kind of came together as a group and something interesting happened or something funny happened or something crazy happened because we we tried to to get into these characters and to evolve and and I think that's probably why this game flopped so much is we didn't do that at all.
0: You know, something I could have done to, to drive that, Mike, that you just spurred loose for me, when I made my pre-generated characters for Terror on the Kataro, I noticed which stat was their highest and their lowest, and I made a one-liner about the character that reflected that. So, for example, the, doc- the, the, the basically the cleric stand-in, the 1920s cleric, the doctor, the field medic. Um, his description was, quote, wise but clumsy. So you can imagine what his highest and lowest stat was. I should have asked you to come up with a one-liner and a description for these characters based on the highest and lowest stat because BRP has strength, con, um, intelligence, dexterity. It has those things. We absolutely could have done that. And that may have connected you to that funny role play like you've been able to do in the world of dungeons game
2: yeah uh, that's that's a great point that's what i was about to bring up because we we did exactly that with the 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 last two sessions of world of dungeons and i think that made a big difference in how we all kind of engage and embrace those characters you know so much to the point where i don't know if i want to move on from my world of dungeons character i may try to move him over to dungeon world when we start playing that
0: i would love it if you did that Okay. In fact, I, I think we I think we should do that. I'm done. Well, we'll get into that in a different episode. Another thing, Mike, I could have done here. Again, not changing the system, just looking at this character sheet, looking at what the book gave us, looking at what the scenario gave us. I should have asked you guys how you got these skills. There's this big skill list. Um, let's see, Brian, you played the the dwarf warrior. Mm-hmm. Brian, your dwarf warrior's got a forty percent in spot which for a for a starting out character and BRP is super high. How did your dwarf get so good at finding stuff?
1: He lived in the dark.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Something as basic as that would have connected us with the characters more and I should have taken a minute to orient you guys to these characters.
2: So maybe this is a a greater lesson not only just for generic, you know, pre-made characters but but kind of like we talked about a couple sessions ago where you're, where you're at the table and you're making your system, I'm sorry, you're making your character from scratch, you know, think about the attributes you've either given yourself through a point by system or that have been given to you by dice rolls. And then how those, those points, you know, play into how your character actually thinks and operates.
0: Dude, you nailed it. I mean, what is role playing if not turning random numbers into a narrative?
2: Man, we've been playing this game for how long and we just got that?
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, I think we've milked the characters question. We have a lot of answers for things we could have done to not change the system, not even touch the mechanics, but connect you guys with these characters. So moving on, let's talk about the scenario. It, first of all, it's a page and a half scenario, just a page and a half by a guy named Troy Wilhelmson or Wilhelmson, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, Troy, I apologize. I'm in this quick start guide. A page and a half, a truly basic six-room dungeon crawl. And, Troy, my mistake, I souped up Escape from Earthport. I I knew that I needed to, and I did it before I ran it, and I made it more interesting, and I started in a a different spot, and I had lots of role play, and I took that same – that scenario had no more work than this one. And we had a great session. But then I just didn't soup this one up at all. How could I have souped up the scenario itself of the Lost Temple of Garthun? So as a reminder to you guys, it was just uh, you show up in a cavern. At the back of the cavern, you find an entrance to a temple, which is basically a hallway in a single room. The hallway's got a pit trap. The runes has got some skeletons. That cavern at the beginning had a spider. That's basically it. What could I have done? Oh, and by the way, you start at the entrance to the cavern. How could I have souped that up and made it interesting and given you interesting choices and maybe a little bit of role play? How could I have done that?
2: Steal from Indiana Jones where we're all Indiana Jones.
0: Oh. You know, (laughs) you say that, you may not remember this, but the the MacGuffin you were going after was literally a gold idol.
2: Yeah, I I partially did remember that, which is why I kind of said it.
0: I think we, I think the Raiders of the Lost Ark jokes uh, flowed freely at the time. So you say that in jest, incorporate Indiana Jones. How could I have done that?
2: I, I think that one gets a little bit difficult, right? Because it's only a centralized character, but you, you could have spun off from it, right? That no one is Indiana Jones. That we were all a part of an ex, uh, an archaeology expedition. You would have had to dump the, the high fantasy characters and kind of replace them with. You know a little more modern characters but but that could have been an entrance into you know this is this is a cavern that you're exploring for the first time and you have all these leads from you know mythology and blah 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 and and there is a, a sacred treasure inside that you must get you know to to get it to a museum or whatever um but just you know stealing you know like we've talked about in the past stealing from those common tropes those common themes to, to help your players engage a little more with the content, especially if they're trying to hit that generic character, right? So I think somewhat of what worked so well with the Star Wars game is that it was fairly obvious from the beginning that it was Star Wars, and so we could each clearly see who we were playing in Star Wars and, and move on with character from there. And uh, I think if there had been just something, a little something there to help us you know, uh, connect with these
1: characters, that could have picked it up.
0: So, Brian, did that knock anything loose for
1: you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess for me, the, the, the first thing I think of is, like, maybe I mean, give a hook as to what the artifact is. Maybe give us... Um, Ooh, that's good. A, like, even potentially competing priorities. Um, maybe this is something that has something to do with my god. Uh, and, you know, the other has something to do with your god. Uh, and then, you know, another character may want it, you know, to study... Uh, because of whatever, then somebody else wants it to sell. And <laughs> you basically have to resolve you know all of that at the end once you have it.
0: And that would have created an intra-party intra, intra conflict. You could have all been trying to pull, to continue the Raiders of the Lost Ark comparison, you could have all been trying to pull an Alfred Molina. Yes. To take this thing for yourself. Like one of you is like, it belongs in an Arcanum. And then someone else is trying to sell it or someone else is trying to use it, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you're right, man. A hook on the item would have helped me do everything Mike said to tie the story of the characters together. Oh, I should have done that. The gold idol itself, why are you interested in it? What's interesting about it? Why do you care? Yeah, this needed that. Anything else you can think of about the scenario?
1: I, I go back to my gauntlet thing. If I could just like score points for like everything I kill, which I mean, I guess you do with XP... And then at the end, you know, make XP flow, flow freely. And at the end, the person who has the most XP or, or gold or whatever is the winner. That would be great.
0: So, again, sort of there's there's an air of competitiveness to it. So, you know, to your point, why not? It's a one-shot. We'll never play this again. Why not try to 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 use an early WoW term before WoW prevented this? To, why not steal XP? Why not try to land the death blow? Why not try to hang back and let someone else do the bulk of the damage? Then you step in with the death blow to, to get the XP. Why not make it competitive?
1: That sounds really fun. I, I'm glad I'm glad that I never played WoW, but I like that concept anyway. So how many points do you lose if you
2: shoot the food? Oh, come on, guys. Gauntlet reference. Yeah. Oh. 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 I am so disappointed now.
0: Man, I forgot all about shooting the food. Honestly, I never played that much gauntlet. I was much more of a... Uh, Rastan guy, the 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 yeah. Sega, yeah. No, then- Gauntlet, Gauntlet.
2: Gauntlet was a great game, but it was a huge quarter drainer. That's yeah, like the first big quarter drainer of the 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 post modern arcade era, I guess if you want to call it that.
0: The postmodern. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds so pretentious. It does, but I don't know how else to say it. Like, you know. I don't know what a postmodernist arcade game is, but I want <laughs> to find out. It, it sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on from the scenario and then just a brief little aside here about the map. So the adventure has a map. Um it's basically a six room dungeon. Uh, it's got, it's not really six rooms. It's kind of two big rooms and some hallways and some alcoves, but the map key has six entries on it. Um, I recreated very faithfully the map um, using a, sh- a couple of Sharpies, using some pencils. I did a lot of work. You know, it doesn't look like it. I have it here on, on our show notes. Um, but it took me about 45 minutes to really faithfully recreate all the curvy, wavy, rocky, cavern walls. And then it was just a super generic dun- after all that work it was just a super generic dungeon crawl. Mike, could I have jazzed up this map?
2: I think you could have gone without the map, man. It it, it was uh so so two things I'll say. It was a generic enough map that there was no benefit to having the map and the map also keyed me into oh this looks like an obvious place for a trap. Why does this hallway go on one square past the intersection to the door? Hmm. Let me do a perception check on that. Oh yeah. It's a trap.
0: Yeah. It enables all the worst metagame habits, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: it really does.
0: And we did escape from Earthport with no map.
2: Yeah. And it worked out. It worked out well, in my opinion, perfectly. I think
0: I'm so over maps. I'm just in general, by and large, which is a shame. Considering how much money I've spent on maps, I'm just over maps, man. Like like those those that corridor. Looking at the corridor, Mike and I are looking at the map together. Looking at the corridor, it's, it's five foot across, which we know in D and D world means you can't stand side by side. But Mike and I, you know, two to, I'm I top out six feet. Mike or I top out six feet four. Mike, you've got to be what six one six feet.
2: I'm like right at six feet.
0: So we're two big guys. We could easily stand side-by-side in a five-foot corridor. Yeah. With no problem. So I just think the artificial rules of traversing a five-by-five square map, it's just not what I'm into anymore. So I agree with you. I should have dumped the map.
2: You know, it it made me think back to something in the Earthport game that I think a lack of a map was actually kind of what you know helped Chris inspire his idea to to go off on his own and do some zany things which led to consequences which which i think is great in an rpg setting right you know the, the the trying something new the exploring the doing something a little bit dangerous i think that in its essence is one of the things that made the the Earthport game in this system so much more interesting than than this game in the system
0: it's just the idea that you can go anywhere do anything you're not married to the prep to the map the the dungeon to the sorry to the prep that the Dungeon Master did.
2: Yep. You're you're freer to, to go and do things that maybe aren't as expected.
0: And I could have totally achieved. Like I could have kept them out for my personal use. And I could have just described the room to you. Imagine, you know, I could describe, okay, this cavernous. You walk in and, and some sunlight gets in. But very quickly, there's a 90 degree turn. And you can tell just from the sound that you're in a larger chamber. But it is pitch dark you can't see anything okay i'll light a torch all right with a torch you can see about 10 feet in every direction and uh there's a pillar there's this that i could have really described it and it would have been just as good if not better i agree all right moving on from the map short episode today um a generic adventure that needed a lot of tuning up what lessons have we really learned here
2: well i think we can uh go with our primary one that um you know, really, really getting to understand your character, their motivations, and their, their their personality based on, you know, the stats that are on that pre-made character. Um, that's, that's a big lesson. And I think you also really nailed it with, if you have a group that struggles to do that, maybe add on to that pre-made character uh, a sentence or a line or a blurb that kind of gives them a hint of what a possible character could be based off those attribute points.
0: So basically get the players connected with their characters. Yeah, give them a hook. Give them a hook. Well, well, give them a hook, Brian. I was going to move on from that and say when you soup up the scenario, make sure the characters have a reason to care beyond, hey, gold's worth a lot of money. It is. So, (laughs) So give them a hook in the adventure. Give them some reason to care. And we didn't talk about a way to incorporate role play, but we kind of did, um, Brian, with your suggestion of competing priorities. Just that idea creates, you know, something that we've struggled with traditionally, which is role play within the group, with, with, where the players role play with each other. A lot, a lot of opportunity here. Um, again, I love the BRP system. I love Chaosium's D100 system. I think it's a tremendous amount of fun. It is one of the generic systems. Uh, it's an older one, but it still works great. I really recommend spending the $10 on the Basic Role Playing Quick Start. Or, hey, the PDF of the Basic Role Playing Quick Start is totally, totally free on Chaosium's website. Download it, check it out, look at it. It's a fun generic system that sheds a lot of light on the history of role play. And hey, it's the same system as Call of Cthulhu. Yay! Yay! All right. Um, we talked about it. We we did our lessons learned. I think that's it for this week's RPG LL. Thank you for listening. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.